My name is Andy. I help people live life on purpose. This podcast explores the mystery, beauty, and complexity of life through conversations with an array of incredible practitioners, all of them working at the edge of what's possible for humanity. This is a place for big dreams, bold creativity, and fierce hope. Welcome to the Wonder Dome. If you're inspired by this conversation and you'd like to see it reach more people, you can help the Wonder Dome take flight by sharing it with friends and colleagues, subscribing, giving us a high star rating, and best of all, leaving a glowing review. If you'd like to go even further, consider becoming a monthly supporter. You'll help me keep the lights on and support a wide range of charitable causes. You can learn more at mindfulcreative.coach. Thanks in advance for helping us inspire the world. My guest today is Gregory Koufakis. Gregory is the author of the recently released book, The Primal Method, which distills his approach to helping men of all ages, particularly young men, work with addiction, move past a place of stuckness or self-doubt or listlessness or apathy, and step into life wholeheartedly. He is a believer, and he's made me a believer, in the power of therapy that's rooted not in talk, although talk is beautiful. I mean, hell, I'm hosting a podcast, but actually really rooted in action and our bodies and movement and stepping into our natural born desire to live and grow. That is every person's birthright. And from where Gregory sits, the birthright of every young man who has been shown a future in society that is, frankly, deeply uninspiring at best and at worst, downright nihilistic. So if there are any young men in your life who you sense are struggling with purpose or identity or what to live for or how to live for it, this conversation is for you and Gregory's work is for you and his book is for you. And frankly, even if you're in your 40s or your 50s or your 70s, this conversation is for you. So, let's get settled in. And hear what Gregory has for us. Gregory, welcome to the Wonder Dome, man. Yes. We've entered, we've already entered the Wonder Dome. We're in the dome. dome. There's no escaping the dome, in fact. (laughs) Uh, Man. It's really good to have you here. You and mm-hmm. I had a chance to meet. Actually, I don't know if I told you this. Maybe I did, but it feels important. I've mentioned on this show in the past that part of the concept for the for the podcast was born while I was on retreat. And the retreat it was born on was the David White retreat that you and I met at mm-hmm. in Kapala. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. Really? Yeah. When did when did that happen? In that? It was on the it was on the third, the final day, the final morning. And, you know, David White, I actually reached out to him to see if he would come on the show, but not yet. One day, one day he'll, he'll say yes to that invitation. Uh-huh. Um, I, I got a funny story about that, but go ahead. All right. Yeah, let's hear that. Cool. But so, so it's just, I don't even remember what he was talking about, right? Like he has this remarkable and singular capacity to kind of through storytelling and through, through his body and his tone and his energy to just invite a group of people into a really unique state of consciousness. And, mm. if, and to me, it feels like the, the sort of most common word I can relate it to is a flow state, like a sense of just letting experience and memory and idea all just flow through. And, and I was sitting there on the final morning and this question just came through, what is your fiercest hope for humanity? Mm. And it wasn't something he said, and it, it was never a question I asked before, but I just wrote it down. Mm. And, and on my drive home, it kind of clicked that I had all these people saying to me, Andy, you should start a podcast. And I kept being like, there's like a bajillion podcasts. I don't want to start a podcast. But then it was, I realized that I could actually just have conversations with people like you Mm -hmm. with that, either in the foreground or the background, just that question of like people who are both hopeful 
for the future, but also like not naive about it, that there's a real fierceness in the work mm. that we do. Totally. And, well, uh, and so that was like, that's it. That's the podcast. You know, and I, I think the beauty, if we don't even call it a podcast is I've really enjoyed our conversations and I always felt like it would be uh, it would be great to allow other people into that mm. to to be able to share, you know, what happens when we when we talk. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I I expect uh, a beautiful flowering of this uh, this podcast for you. Mm. Oh, Greg, thanks, yeah. man. That's awesome. Totally. I'm really glad you came with me. So we were what, like, I was walking outside doing a solo walk and you're just like, Hey, you know, at this retreat, you're just a really, mm-hmm. and, and maybe we should start there, right? There's something yeah. about, at least in new England, where I grew up, there's something mm-hmm. about the like, Hey, stranger mm-hmm. move that is actually quite countercultural. Mm-hmm. And there's something that, uh, that I think a lot of people would actually, particularly young men and and that's the work that you do which we can get into would would really feel like intimidated or uncomfortable or you know a little like weirded out or whatever it is but you just you're so so confidently friendly and warm Mm. that I was instantly like hi you know Mm. like it was just a really Mm. great way to to just bring us into relationship and I and that was that was a great that was a great walk yeah, that was a great walk and a great talk. And uh, I, you, you had you had an aura, uh, you know, and it, it was like a enthusiasm and a curiosity. So uh, that that inspired me. Uh, I don't remember what, but it, but it is a good point because this is this is something that a lot of you know a lot of young men are gun shy about mm. just throwing themselves into the river of life, mm. meeting people and, you know, having, you know, just let it, let it catalyze things like, you know, this, that little walk led to whatever's going to happen today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. 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 Right. And, you know, and it might not have, right? Mm. It might not have led anywhere other than the hour or so that, that we spent talking about life and totally. identity and, and poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that would have been enough. But mm-hmm. just there's this beautiful possibility yeah. as you cast yourself into the river of life, there's this beautiful possibility that it will take you places you simply could not have an- anticipated yeah. or predicted. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to I try to operate from this axiom that if you if you don't ask, you never know. Mm. Like it doesn't hurt to ask. Mm. Okay? So, so you were talking about David White and that you know uh, oh, yeah. he's going to come on the podcast. So speaking of the book, I, I was in uh, that was in March. I, I was uh, still deep in the editing process of the book. And remember, there was like 200 or more people at that event, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I walked up to him on the first night and I said, listen, I'm, I'm, I don't know if there's any, uh, how did I put it? I don't know if there's a sympathetic string in your heart to this, but I'm writing a book geared towards young men about addiction recovery and living their best life and all that stuff. And I really want to grab their interest. I, I really want to make the book almost poetic because he, you know, like you say, the poetry has a way to jar you. Mm. Right. Mm. And he said, he looked at me very sympathetically and he said, he said, I'll tell you what, bring me a page of your book. And and we'll do it right here. We'll do it sometime this weekend. (laughs) So I was so excited, man. I was like, which page am I going to give him? Which this? Well, little, little, you know, what happened that weekend? It got so busy 
that he never he never had a chance to do it. Mm. And I, a couple times I, I tried not to be like a shark circling him. But yeah. I, so anyway, I left and uh, I, you know, I wasn't really disappointed. I thought it was a nice gesture on his part. So anyway, fast forward another month or two, he was doing an event in Manhattan. <laughs> Even bigger. This thing, he filled like a, a, a church. It was huge. There must have been 2,000 people at this event. Wow. And I walked up to him and I said, <laughs> I said, do you remember me? <laughs> I said, remember, uh, you know, we had said that, that we're going to um, sit down and look at a page of the book. And he said, he's like, ah, yes. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, well, now you've asked me twice and I never, I never do it until the person asks me three times. Oh, wow. And it was a kind of a joke, but it was also, I, I saw, I saw the value in it. It's like, mm. if, if that experience is, is meant to be, and if it's so important to me, then I will, I will seek it out. Mm. I will continue to follow. Mm. It's like, if you really want him on your podcast, well, you'll continue to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. You know? There's a uh, man, there's, I love that you shared that. I have to be like, I notice a part of me is like, okay, go email David White again for the second time today, but I'm not. <laughs> so that's like, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I won't. But, but what I'm really tuning into, because of course it's totally within his rights to say no, right? Especially mm -hmm. if you're someone who's built a career over, over being a, a certain kind of public figure where mm -hmm. I'm sure he gets asked requests in that vein mm -hmm. a lot. So he has to set a healthy boundary. But like setting aside his healthy boundary and just honoring that he can hold that. What I love about you is sort of, and what you're articulating is most of us, I think actually to go by your philosophy, like you don't know if you don't ask, mm -hmm. most of us actually secretly already think the answer is no. So we don't ask, mm -hmm. right? Like there's a sort of bit of like, oh, the fear of rejection or the fear of embarrassment or the sort of fear of looking silly actually not only stops us from asking three times, but stops us from asking one time. And yes. like, you just, you embody the energy of, yes, I, I will ask, or I will say, yeah. or I will speak. And if it doesn't land with you, I like, no, I honor that there's no judgment and I'm totally okay. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. You know, that's, that's uh, what I, I try to aspire towards, you know, the Buddha said, live like a mighty river, mm -hmm. get mm -hmm. in touch with that. Uh, and really there's, uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, yes, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 To just sort of be that, be the possibility of the yes. Right. Totally. Mm. Totally. Yeah. Man, what I'm what I'm struck by as you say that though is you've been on a journey, and I know that because one we've had some chances to talk, but two you're you're publishing a book, and a few weeks mm -hmm. from the date of this recording, I think by mm -hmm. the time people hear this, the book will already be published, right? And it's called the Primal Method, mm -hmm. and it's about the work that you do with young men mm -hmm. to maybe we could say invite them into that state of being that you're describing to invite them into living life like a mighty river, like they're mm. a mighty river. Yeah. I would say even not only invite usher them in, mm. you know, because invitations uh, sometimes don't have the power. Um, and if there's any sort of, I don't know if I would say mistake, if there's any element of my work, that probably has been the most beneficial, but also has gotten me into the most trouble is that I don't invite, I usher. You're, you are coming on this. We're going to go on this journey. And, uh, and that's, that's great. And uh, that makes sense I, to me that that's how you roll. Yeah. So say more about that. Well, and the way I get away with that is because um, the men that I work with are, are really stuck, mm. right? They're, they're really stuck. They're really paralyzed. They're decaying. 
they're frustrated, they're acting out, they're hopeless. There's a whole like lot of stuff. Mm. And, you know, the book kind of uh, it, it is an accurate portrayal of how I meet those young men. Mm. And it, it is more of a, an ushering as opposed to the typical, let's say, therapy model where mm. you sit down and talk and you give a lot more, I guess, authority to the person, right? Uh, you, you, you ask them questions. You probe. You empath. There's a lot of that. And I, I, never, I never found that to be at all effective. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm I'm sort of getting this image of of your mighty river kind of like flowing through their lives and they're and they're swept into it mm-hmm. until at some point they actually realize they're they're their own river and they can kind of flow in whatever direction they're ready to flow in. Exactly. And the only thing you the only thing about the river is I titrate it to that individual. Mm. People and I, I really believe this is why um many people hesitate to to work with me is because they think that it's going to be this mighty river that's just going to blow them away. But actually, the, the men that I've worked with, many of them are extremely wounded. They are, they are very, very, very withdrawn and guarded and, and hurt. And there's absolutely no way that that this this overwhelming energy uh, would would be well received or effective for them. And in the book, I talk about that was a big uh, that was a big pivot point for me because in rehab, when I had people in rehab, I was able to use what I what I call in the book my my Rambo methods. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but but actually, when I was working with the early. Uh, participants with this this model that I that I use, uh, they they were not people that could tolerate the Rambo technique. It was more the the gentle ice picking, the gentle warming of the ice. There, there was something that needed to be melted as mm. opposed to smashed. Mm. So, mm. But, but the real key is what the key to the river is. A river is moving. Mm. So that's that is the big thing is I, I try to, I get the movement going at the level that, that that young man is capable of moving. Hmm. Hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and that's enough. No matter what they can tolerate, whether they, they can get into a mighty rapids or they can get into a gentle stream, no matter what they can start with, that's, that's just perfect. Yeah. So it's sort of, it sounds like you're helping them get out of stagnation and into flow into whatever degree they're ready it, and able. Exactly. And, and it, no matter what level they're at, it brings up all of their resistance, their fear, their strengths, their weaknesses. It, it, it gets them at the level that they're ready to go at. Yeah. You know, and- that's beautiful. And I want to, I like want to put a pin in that because I actually want to hear more about the why and the how, mm-hmm. but, but you also talk about your story in, in the back half of your book. I have an advanced right. copy and I've had a chance to, to kind of take some bites out of it. Right. And, um, you know, you, from what I gleaned from that story, mm-hmm. you were not always so clear and grounded about your purpose or who you were or what you were about. In fact, you were really inhabiting some pretty destructive, like you're making some destructive lifestyle choices mm-hmm. and in whatever way you feel comfortable, I wonder if you could sort of take us on some version of the journey of like how you as an individual mm. started to tune into who you were really called to be in life and how you needed to get there. How do you needed to get from stagnation to flow? True. That's a, that's a, a long story. And that's, that's how that that back half of the book turned from five to ten pages to you know I think it's like fifty or sixty. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the reason being, um, I, I really wanted to 
kind of answer that question for young men. How did I turn from this crazy train out of control to the life that I have today? Mm. Okay. And I make no statements about my life today. Like, oh, I'm great. I'm the best. I'm not saying that. In in fact, I I lead that story with a quote, uh, an interaction that took place between a colleague and me, where I told him, sometimes I feel like I I've gone somewhere and sometimes I feel like I've gone nowhere at all. Mm. Mm. And he's, and he really thought about that. And he said, but you've gone far and I have. Mm. So in the, in my story, I, I try to give people as I looked back and reflected over these last four years and even longer because, because that story took place you know, 20 or 15 years ago, um, you know, there, there is a, a whole host of things. Um, I needed, Andy, I needed to be, I needed to be humbled. Mm-hmm. Okay. I needed to be humbled. I thought that I was going to, I felt that I was going to come here on earth and almost like touchdown really quick. And then I was just going to reinvent the wheel, pioneer, reach the stars. And I didn't feel like I needed anything of what life had to offer to me. Okay. Mm. And it, it led to a, a maverick, a, um, who just was really, flying by the seat of his pants. Mm. So, you know, the big shift for me was slowing down Mm. and becoming a participant in life. And that involved getting a job that involved choosing a career that involved relationships. So, uh, you know, but it, but it all, it all started from a simple, uh, a simple choice that I had to make and that I had to continue to make every day since then. And you know what that choice was? Mm-mm. I had to choose to live. Mm. I had to make that choice and I needed to be confronted with, with the darkness and I had to choose to live <laughs> and I had to mean it. Not, not like a bullshit artist. Oh yeah, of course I want to live. Of course I want to live. I had to really, I had to really mean like, I, I want this thing called life and, um, and I'm willing to do what it takes. So there's a moment in your story. Thank you for sharing that Gregory. And and I feel like maybe there's one moment in among many in your story that speaks to that choice really in a really electric way. And it's this moment where you woke up at like three in the morning Mm. and the moon was exuding this energy and sort of vibrating. Like there was something, there was a sense of presence or vibration that you'd never experienced before. And you heard the, this phrase move to Greece. And like, maybe, maybe just as an example, because it sort of has this kind of like, you know, there's the, the 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 people we are at midnight when all of the, the shit has gone away and we're just with ourselves, we're with our fear, our doubt, we're with all of the what ifs and all of it. And here you are like looking up at the moon, you know, mm-hmm. in this place of quote unquote darkness or maybe real darkness and something came through to you and you listened to it. Like, could, mm-hmm. could you take us a bit more into, because you could have just as easily gone back to bed and then woke up the next day and kept going. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I really, I really don't know what made me listen to that. Mm. And that's why I included it as the, the, the first story in, in my, uh, my journey, because I think that these voices, like you said, with your podcast, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What you could have ignored that. I also 
I, I, I actually think I also had a thought to start a podcast on that retreat or maybe another one, but I ignored it. You know, mm. you listened to the voice. You, they, when you're in that dark place and you're surrounded at three in the morning by your own demons, your own dread, what is going on in your life? fear and what are you doing and you know uh and then something like that comes in right mm. start start a podcast and just let it be about this question mm. and i heard that i heard my version of that and it was it was a little more um there were higher stakes perhaps because i was actually drowning and this lifeline was thrown to me which you know at the time uh, <laughs> i don't even know it just felt like uh i don't even know it just felt like some some blessing and i as we all do as you may have done too with your podcast idea you start to toy around with it you tell your wife you tell this you tell that you get some feedback People say, yeah, you should do that. Well, I heard all, you should not do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was, uh, I was a starting, I was a freshman in college, a division one football athlete. I started as a freshman. I had just, wow. I was just completing my first season. Uh, I was in a, a college that was, you know, by any standards, really good. Uh, I had a girlfriend. I had a lot going on, but that was just what was going on on the surface. Mm-hmm. You see? And I said that the people that were on that path with me, they, they knew. And one of them asked me, I want to come with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they knew, but, but um, yeah, it, it was, yeah. You know, interestingly enough, I, I was toying with the idea and, and really working my way into it to go to Greece, uh, which by the way, for, for listeners, it's uh, my father and his whole family, are, are from Greece. So it wasn't just some random thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, one night, uh, my father's, uh, my, my parents came up to visit me with their friends and the, the husband, he's a, a jeweler. He's an artist. Okay. And I remember he and I kind of fell back from the, from the crowd we were walking and I told him about my idea. I said, you know, Bill, uh, actually, I'm I'm going to leave school and I'm going to move to Greece. And he thought about it for a second, and he said, "Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great." He said, "You'll go to Greece. You'll learn the language." And and that when that happened, Andy, I I really think I booked my ticket that night. Uh, this idea of learning the Greek language was my. See, you never know. You never know where where you're your path to freedom is going to come. And I know you, you want to get into the Miyagi mentoring, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll get there though. We'll just we'll go, there. we'll let but the river that, take us there. But that's the principle is that your, your happiness, your freedom, uh, your life can be packaged in, in very simple things, right? This idea of learning the Greek language that ended up, possibly saving my life. Mm. Man, this gets like, uh, I'm so excited about, I'm really glad we're talking about this and, and there's sort of a, a, maybe a principle or a possibility in what you're sharing and, and kind of in what we've been talking about this whole space, which is there's a, there's a leap of faith. There's a sort of like, I hear this thing and I should go towards it. And there's all sorts of people literally people in the world who will say that's a bad idea, maybe voices in your head that'll say that's a bad idea, but there's some clue, there's mm-hmm. some spark, there's some kind of friction of, of like energy mm-hmm. that's undeniable. Mm-hmm. And that feels really important. It feels like as much as we're able, our capacity to listen to the things that that just pull us or, or shake us or make right. us vibrate. Right? right. Because like, well, maybe you can say 
maybe you now and kind of after after the fact you could say what it was about the greek learning the language that sparked you but mm-hmm. there's just sounds like there's just something in the moment that you felt and you right trusted and you leapt towards is that mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah yeah and and you know it's interesting as you were talking i i got this image of you know putting a plant by the um by the sunlight Okay, the the plant longs to grow. Yeah, yeah. Plants are are meant to grow at, at every depth of who they are, and it's the same way. Like these young men that I work with are all plants, but they're not growing, mm-hmm. and they have to ask themselves, why is it that the program for life has has is skipping you by mm. why aren't you growing right there's got to be something that and this is what i found and this is what happens andy when you have a young man who's not growing it's a real not a pretty picture mm. okay just like a plant mm. when you see the plant not growing you can tend to say like oh that plant it's uh the, the the leaves are decaying and ooh look at that that really weak uh root and mm. yeah but that's because it's not it's not in the right habitat it's not it's not getting so what happens with these young men is they're not growing and then they they start getting labeled like you're not growing because you have this disorder you have this and they get this heap of uh diagnoses well what i found is that those diagnoses are just describing the problem. They're not, they're just describing the surface. Mm. Of of course you are uh, depressed. Well, who wouldn't be depressed if they're not growing, Mm. but you're not, you're not growing because you're depressed. You're depressed because you're not growing. Mm. So Mm. you're meant to grow. So the, the key was how do you find a way how does a man grow? And, and I, I believe that fundamentally young men grow in a very unique way. And I don't totally understand it yet. But in the four years of writing about my eight plus years with this particular way of working with men, mm. I found a couple of things. Mm. Okay. So to the point that now I have total confidence that if I work with a young man and take him along this journey, usher him on this journey, he will grow, you know, he will grow. So this is, that's how it works. Yeah. Why, what's important about, I mean, this is like kind of a funny question, but I just really want to hear you articulate it because it's so ground level that I think it's important. Like What's important about helping more young men grow? Why mm. is that like a thing that you've devoted your life to? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, that happened very organically, okay? Um, and, uh, you know, I, I reached a point in my life where I ended up, you know, uh, having this career or choosing it or it choosing me this idea, mm. this idea of becoming a therapist and then the river the river just took me in that direction where you know i started uh, you know young men were gravitating towards me mm. and, and i towards them now sitting here now i can tell you andy a lot of that was because i had to help them to help myself mm. that that closed that closed the loop. It, it's something about being with them at that point that was so difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but w- why is it so important there that I'm going to give you a couple things that, cause when you ask that question, I feel like a mush, like so many answers come to my. <laughs> yeah. Let's just play. Let's see which stones land in the water. Here's, here's stone number one they're they're dying mm. okay at alarming alarming mm. rates 
Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just physical death, which they are. I'm talking about emotional, spiritual. They are not happy. They are not thriving. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's really sad. And for me, I, I see myself in them. And I also see the way my, because I was very loved as a kid. I see the way my mother and father looked at me when I was struggling. I was there. Look at, we have kids, you and I, yeah. you, you, you see your children, you want them to be happy. Hmm. So it's sad to see that they're not making it. Mm. That's the one end. On the other end, it has huge consequences um, for us as a species. Okay? You look at what's happening, and I don't want to get too far into this, but what's happening in the political world, Mm. what's happening in the social world, this Mm. is an absence of fully developed men. Mm. And the, the less fully developed men we have, the more these outlying men are going to take over mm-hmm. because there's mm. not enough men to control the herd. Mm. You see? Yeah. I read a book called tribes by Sebastian younger. Have you read this book? No. You totally should. Um, there are two insights in the book and maybe the, the first one, there are a lot of insights in the book, but two that are coming to mind. One is just sort of a, a bit of a, a sidebar, but maybe actually in a way connects to what you're talking about. And the, and the sidebar is that a lot of um, a lot of white men would early, like kind of pioneer frontiers men would find themselves living among native cultures. Mm. And then they would get rescued, come back to society. Mm. And they'd say, I don't want to come back. Don't mm. rescue me. Mm. And, and as, I, as this comes up out loud, I'm remembering now from that book is that essentially the, the reason they didn't want get, to get rescued was because in that society then, which was even maybe more so than now, intensely class-oriented, intensely, intensely hierarchical, fit into your box, whether you like it or not. And then in, in, in indigenous cultures, it was like you had a much wider range of permission to to hunt or gather or converse or pray or be solitary or be together or, and it was just like men and women and, uh, and gender fluid all had space, maybe not perfect space, but a lot more space than our society did. And then the second insight, which I think really connects to that is in those kinds of settings, which were not flat. It wasn't that everyone was equal, but rather they were kind of, hierarchies of competency people Mm -hmm. did what they were good at and they were encouraged to do what they were good at um the the sort of uh energy of if there was a a a person usually Mm -hmm. a man because there is something about the biology of 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 us that that like this energy of kind of like grabbing for power or Mm -hmm. or like you know hurting Mm-hmm. certain resources or, or being deceptive, like all of those things, you couldn't get away with them. And the tribe collectively, no matter how strong you were as an individual could say to you, you're out, you're not honoring everyone else's space. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's sort of a one, two beauty in a, in a setting where one, you had permission to be yourself, but only in so far as that you couldn't actively be harming others to fill whatever hunger or drive that you had. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and both of those things are like, to your point, as a species right now, when we look around at our society, you can see people who are really hungry for power are now able to get away with these kinds of things. And at the same time, you have a lot of, of young people, young men in this case, who mm-hmm. don't have any space to, to let themselves flourish and grow. And so it's mm-hmm. almost like the opposite reality that we find ourselves in. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I see you nodding a lot. So I'm going to shut up and just hear like what's coming up for you as I as I connect that dot well i i think you know and i can speak personally and professionally uh as a young man you know you you have to be excited to join the circle that Mm. you are a part of Mm. and as for most of the men that i work with there is nothing exciting about joining the adult world yeah 
And so they <laughs> look so look so shitty. It's like so, why would, that's why, what you tell me. That's all my that's my future. Exactly, and that's why I come in and I say, "This is your future. <laughs> yeah. This is what is possible." And, yeah. and we, we go on a journey of showcasing what life can be like, and by by doing that, they seek to gain entrance to this world. They, that's why I say they have to want to live. Mm. They have to want to come. And um, yeah, I mean, yes, what you said, what you said made a lot of sense. Um, it strikes me if they've reached that point, like there's sort of the, the, the shadow of our society is twofold. One I mean, there's lots of lots of ways we could, but in the context of these young men, one, it's like that's all there is. It's 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 mechanistic. It's cons- it's it consumes it. Oh, you know, it's like responsibility. Yeah, burdens yeah. It's and- burdens. It's like yeah, and it's like no thanks, right? right. I don't see myself there. But then right. on the other side, there's this sort of um, another shadow is that it it, it produces. For those who do participate in whatever way that they do, there's some of us who participate in a way that mirrors that message of like, oh, I'm supposed to be a good consumer. I'm mm-hmm. going to consume more. I'm going to exploit more. I'm going to, I'm supposed to get ahead. I'm supposed to win the race. Like all of this sort of, all right. of that. Then it's like those, those adults who are in play might right. very well be playing in a way that amplifies all of the worst aspects of the society that this young person is looking at and going like, really? So either they're going to go, no, thanks. Or -hmm. they're going to be like, Oh, I get it. I'm supposed to be like that guy. Yeah. And you're like, like, no, actually, if you step in the way that we're talking about, you're going to be so much more than that guy. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have so much more fun and so much more, you're going to be a creator. You're going to be an owner of your life. You're going to be sailing on your river, not just, not just letting it bounce you around. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. They, you know, e- either the young men, they look at the, the people that succeed and they, they want what they have, but they don't want to play the game yeah. to get there. Yeah. So they're okay with saying, I, w- I would love to make millions of dollars. I would love to have a house up on the top of the hill and also in, Miami and all they're they're okay with that but they don't want to play the game mm. they think that that's the only outcome mm. and that and yet when you talk to those people which I do they're they're not so happy no. <laughs> uh, so that's not the pinnacle um but there was something else that that you said uh that I wanted to riff off of oh it was a good one too what you said mm. Mm-mm-mm. it'll it'll come back yeah um i interrupted you sorry <laughs> no no it, no that, it was it was based on what you what if it you, co- well so if it comes back let it at any point let it come back but maybe in the meantime we've sort of been talking about your work without really talking about your work right mm-hmm. we've been talking about the why and the who you are and why it matters but mm-hmm. but actually like i and I'm actually thinking of at least one young man in my life, maybe a couple who, if they were listening to this right now, you know, what would they be listening for? What is it that you would be ushering them into or how would you be ushering them into it? Right? Like, what is that? What is that journey that you're saying? You want the real juice? Don't go that way. Come over here. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, um, that's a very hard question. And that's why it took, you know, four years, but I I can tell you, I can tell you what I, what I pretty much would say to a young man as I start. Yeah, that would be great. I would say, listen, I say, uh, I don't want you to think about this like therapy. I'm sure you've been to therapy. I'm sure you've talked enough. All I want to do with you is I, I just want you and I to just go out into the world and see if we can meet that world and, and learn to have some, some fun in that world. 
That's it. And I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that I'm better than you. I'm not going to say that. I, I have a few things that probably I've learned, but you also are going to teach me. Mm-hmm. So, so we're mm-hmm. going to be, we're going to be on par. Okay. The only difference between me and you is that I, I probably climbed a little bit higher on the mountain, but it's the same mountain and the mountain is bigger than both of us. Mm-hmm. And they know the mountain's hard, mm-hmm. right? Because by the time you're 18, 20, 22, you realize that you've been lied to. Yeah. Okay. This life is a mountain and it's not going to yield itself to you. And you were born in a culture probably that either gave you nothing Mm. or it gave you all the wrong stuff. Mm. And look at where you are still stuck at the base of the mountain, still at your mom and dad's home or the apartment that they're paying for. You have no clue how you're going to ascend this mountain. You're 20 now, but then you're 24. And then you're 28. It's nothing's going to change. You have to figure out how to go up this mountain. And I'm willing to do that with you and teach you how to, what I've learned about how to do that. So that's how it starts. And usually, usually by that point, uh, a, a person, a young man who the parents, before they've met me, they, they'll say like, oh, he's not going to how are we going to get him to meet you? What are, what are we going to do? How are we going to tell him that? Oh my God. Oh, I know that if I have that simple conversation that I just had with you, nine, 99 times out of a hundred, that young man is going back to his parents saying, I have no problem meeting with that guy. Uh, no problem. When am I meeting him again? So, so that's the other thing is it, it, it creates that buy-in. Like they, they see, uh, but does that, does that help at all? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, you talk about, uh, in your book, you talk about a distinction between, uh, is it the dialectic versus the diakinetic? Is that right? Yeah. 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 yeah and, the- and it's, and maybe you could, it sounds to me like what you're doing in that first conversation is, is already inviting them towards the diakinetic as opposed to the dialectic. Is that right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so could you could you help us understand that distinction a bit more? Yeah, there's there's two. There's talking, which I call actually it's dialogic. Dialogic, dialogic, dia, dia- dialogic, which is basically the Greek dia with yes. logic. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you questions, logical questions, Andy. So you want to do a podcast? What would you like the podcast to be about? <laughs> <laughs> Who can we come up with a list of people? Where are you going to have the podcast? These are all very logical questions. And the truth is they're necessary. And the even greater truth is they're, they're especially necessary when you are at a certain point in your life where you can receive that. Mm-hmm. 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 Where you have access to the energy to yeah. not only answer the question, but do something with the answer. Well, well, no, but your brain is, your rational brain is more oh, formed. Yeah, yeah. And, and for, you know, when you're a young man, 20 years old, 22, 23, that part of the brain isn't even really fully formed. Mm. But let me ask you a question. Do you think any amount of those logical questions would have gotten you to actually do this podcast? <laughs> no. So what no, did? because I already had people, I mean, there were two, there were essentially two things that came together it was the, the part I already shared, uh-huh. but that was in, inside of a container of, of people around me saying things like, Hey, Andy, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? Hey, Andy, you should do a podcast, right? It was almost like, it was almost like the, the, your, your friend Bill saying like, yeah, you should go to Greece and learn the language. Right. And it was like, for some reason you were ready for that. And you said, hell yes. And it wasn't until I had that question, mm-hmm. which was, which was like that sort of, I don't even know where it came from, but once I had the question, it was like all of the logical pieces became, right. became self-evident. It was like, there Oh yeah, I can do now. I can call it. Now I can reach out to this person. Here's my list of people. Here's what I need to do. It was like, now the, the energy was inside and the logic could do all the work that it's so good at. 
Exactly. But there's nothing logical about that. No, no. The, the sort of the it, energy that kicked it off was the inspiration. Yeah. So, and here's the beautiful thing. And this is also what usually I say in, in my first conversation with young men. Your inspiration is going to be different than my inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. See, there's such this, uh, this uh, idea. It's so rigid that like, if you and I now were going to help another young man create a podcast, we would say, well, you have to find your question because yeah. that's how I did it. That's how I did it. <laughs> but that's not the case. Yeah. You know, for, some, for everybody, it's going to be different. So, so the dialogic is logical. The diakinetic is dia with kinetic action. Mm-hmm. It's learning through doing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, what I, what I found with these young men is they learn more through action than they do through talking. So I don't even really, especially in the beginning, I'm not really doing that much logical talking. I'm just getting them out into the world and we're like freeing that energy to get to plug into the world. And to let the world plug into us and, and to also to free up the energy between the two of us, Mm. right? Mm. Like the same way you and I did when we had that conversation at the, at the mountain, Mm -hmm. right? That Mm -hmm. felt good. Mm -hmm. That felt good. You provided something for me and I provided something for you. Yeah. Right. So that, that was not logic. That was just, you know, action. You know, the words came along for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> right? Nice. So, nice. So, and, and I, I want to be clear, there's nothing wrong with talking and there's nothing wrong with logic. It's just that it's, it's overused and misused. Mm. Okay. So mm. for me, I found that uh, it's much more effective for me to talk with young men after we first acted mm. Mm. that we can do how was it how was it climbing the mountain today what was the scariest part versus sitting at the base of the mountain and saying what do you think is going to be the scariest part mm. well, of course it's going to be scary all that's going to do is magnify your fear Brandy, andy what do you think is going to be the hardest thing about having <laughs> Oh, you're going to spook yourself out? Then you're never going to do it. You're going to sit on the sidelines planning your life and you never have a life. <laughs> all that planning, it's amount to nothing anyway. Mm-hmm. So the inspiration and how to build that, that inspiration is, is what we're really talking about. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, this, this seems to follow naturally from what you're sharing, but it sounds like part of your gift or your work is discerning as best as you're able, what environments or experiences or actions are going to, to likely produce some of that energy and movement and growth that you're aiming for. Exactly. I listen for the move to Greece message (laughs) and I help my clients listen to the move to Greece message. Yeah. We're, we're listening. Right. Because the truth is, and I think this actually is what I was going to say earlier when I forgot. There's a story that's longing to be told within your life. Mm. Okay. It's longing to happen. It's a whole journey, man. And the only thing stopping it is you. You're stopping that journey. And, and, and specifically because you haven't been taught how to let that journey come through you. So you need to learn that. You need to learn how to let that journey come through you. Mm. Okay. And, and that's something that, I mean, I know you and I, we, we've learned a lot about that, right? That was the big shift for me. Like I said at the beginning with my story, I, I learned that the journey, the journey doesn't come from me. It comes through me. Yeah. So while I was trying to wrestle life with, with veins bulging out of my neck, you know, trying to get life to submit to me, 
it never, it never worked, right? It was only when I realized that life is a force greater than me mm. that I was able to open myself up to that, right? And, and again, and help these young men open up to that. And I, I, have, I have many men who could sit here right next to me who would say to you, everything this guy is saying is absolutely correct. It has happened to me. You know, I, I get they they learn how to let the journey happen and then they have a great life. So awesome. Oh. Hmm. It is so awesome. Yeah, like awesome in the fullest sense of yeah. that word, right? Like awe to be in awe of of your life and the energy coming through you is the gift you're inviting and, and ushering these men and women into. Exactly. And the, the way, one of the best ways to do that is you have to showcase to them consistently that that's possible. You can't show up as some broken man trying to preach to them to do something that you yourself have had no success doing. Mm. You, you have to embody you have to show them what is possible, okay? And then that, that starts to work deep, deep, deep in their, in their brainstem, right? That's, that's where I, I have uh, this idea of the mirror neuron system. Mm-hmm. I, I find it more effective just to live in front of these young men than I do to ever talk to them about anything. <laughs> they're yeah. going to see they're going to see that their way doesn't work the the moment that that we start spending more and more time together they're going to see that that my way of approaching life is superior to their way of approaching life and then they're going to get interested in that <laughs> can you show me how to do that can you teach me karate <laughs> yeah can you karate that's on that's my the miyagi asking. moment yeah yeah yeah. Mm. Yeah. Man, Gregory, I, I we are at time or just a couple minutes away from it. Beautiful. This was so fun. Yeah, it was fun. And um I guess I I want to in a in a minute I'll ask you to share where people can find out more about your work, but I just wonder if there's anything else you feel called to speak or to share or to enact mm. for anyone who might hear this. Mm. You know, I, I think that we, uh, I'll, I'll take a second and tune in to see. Yeah. Please, please. You know, you're worth it. You have to start from believing that you are worth it. You are worth it. You are worth it. But not in the way that the world is telling you you're worth it. You're worth it to go out and earn it to go out and earn it. You're capable of it and you're worth it, but it's not going to fall in your lap. Okay. So you have to realize that. And I want you to realize that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Gregory. Thank you. So where, where might people find out more about your book, the primal method about your work? The, the primal method.org. Nice. Simple. Nice. Mm-hmm. Thank you, my friends. I'm so grateful that you, you live as a mighty river and you let that river flow in my direction and that our paths crossed. And I'm really humbled by the way you take a stand for, for helping every young man thrive and flourish, you know, and that that's that, that that's an important piece of this bigger fabric, this tapestry we're trying to weave of a, of a culture where every human can actually thrive mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. for the work that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Wonder Dome. This podcast was produced by me, Andy Cahill, with support from Kelly Serqua and audio editing services from John Nolan at Middle Mountain Studios. The theme song was written and performed by Todd Marston. You can find the Wonder Dome wherever pods are casted. If you dig what we're doing here, please share widely, subscribe, and give us some love in the review boards. 
And if you feel called to support this humble offering to the world, while also making an even greater impact in the lives of others, consider becoming a monthly supporter. Not only will you help me keep the lights on and keep the show going for as long as I'm able, but 30% of all member contributions go directly in support of causes like the Black Lives Matter movement, the United Nations Refugee Agency, and the National Resources Defense Council. You can find out more at my website, mindfulcreative.coach, where you can also sign up for my newsletter, learn about my transformational coaching work, and get plugged into exclusive offers and community happenings. In the meantime, I'm wishing you a life of purpose, power, and presence. We need you now, more than ever.